Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and our studio is nearly bursting at the seams with 40 top-notch singers from the Utah Chamber Artists. Based in Salt Lake City, the choir is known all along the Wasatch Front and also has a national and international reputation. This choir has appeared on the Mormon Tabernacle Choir's weekly broadcast, Music in the Spoken Word, performed with Keith Lockhart and the Boston Pops Esplanade Orchestra. They've been heard on the National Public Radio program First Art, performed with the Israel Chamber Orchestra, and sung on various occasions with the Utah Symphony. The Utah Chamber Artist's Artistic Director, Dr. Barlow Bradford, founded the ensemble in 1991. He's also the Director of Choral Studies at the University of Utah and is a distinguished composer, arranger, pianist, and organist. The Utah Chamber Artist has received Best, the Best in State Award, the Governor's Mansion Award, and has won the Chorus America's Dale Warland Singers Commission Award. The Utah Chamber Artist Orchestra and Choir has also recorded several CDs. Their first, Welcome All Wonders, a Christmas celebration, was awarded an Indy from the National Association of Independent Record Distribu Distributors and Manufacturers. Okay, I could go on with credits, but the best thing to do right now is let the Utah Chamber Artists introduce themselves by singing for us. We'll hear two pieces. First, one I know you'll recognize, Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring by Johann Sebastian Bach. And second, from Antonio Vivaldi, the famous Venetian composer, Domine Fili Unigente, Gente, from one of his glorias.
We've heard two Baroque numbers from two different composers, contemporaries with each other, Bach and Vivaldi. And we should note the pianist throughout the program is Jared Pierce. Barlow Bradford, we're here with the Utah Chamber Artists. This is live on Classical 89, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Thank you so much for coming and bringing the group. It's our pleasure to be here. Thank you. You're the artistic director of the Utah Chamber Artists and also the director of choral studies at the University of Utah. My question is, lots of us took piano lessons when we were young, but music stuck with you. What, what made it stick? Did it from the very beginning? I would say that music, yes, stuck with me from the very beginning. Practicing didn't stick with me from the beginning. <laughs> um, I actually had to start piano again when I was about 11 years old because my mother discovered that I was playing everything by ear rather than reading notes, so we had to start over again, which was a discouraging process, but ultimately I think I can read a little bit now. And, and your transition from piano to being an organist, which is re, uh, related but not the same skill. It's true. I, I actually studied organ. I started that when I was about 11 years old as well. Um, piano was really my first love, I would say, and I actually did the two of them concurrently as a teenager. Um, but organ was a great study for me, especially when it came to orchestration later in life. It was wonderful to, to have access to those various colors that you can get on an organ and to be able to combine them. And I think that was helpful when it came to writing for orchestra later in life. Now, you do have an entire uh, instrumental section that you usually perform with. Obviously, that won't right, fit correct. today, but tell us about that instrumentation. Uh, we usually perform with an orchestra of about 35 to 40 players, depending on the piece. Of course, it's always something very specific when you're dealing with the orchestration. Um, but when we started Utah Chamber Artists in 1991, we did conceive of it initially as a choral orchestral organization, and it has stayed that way all of this time. Uh, for me, the combination of the orchestral colors and the beauty that can come from an orchestra with a choir like this is magical. It's really unbeatable. What do you look for when you're choosing music? Is there something that happens in your mind or in your feelings where you think, okay, this is what I have to do? How do you know? Well, that's a very good question. Um, you know, again, when I'm dealing with a, a group like this, uh, it's very luxurious. I can pick anything, <laughs> and they can do it. Um, but there are certain uh, things that really um, fit well with this kind of choir. The beauty of sound, they're able to uh, hear uh, really close distances and get them to ring beautifully. And that's not, that's not easy, and you don't usually hear that in most choirs. I am loving sitting here only inches away from the choir while we record. This is very exciting to me. One final question, and then yeah. we'll go back to more music, is yeah. what makes a good choral singer? Uh, well, look around. Here they are, uh, <laughs> every one of them. They're just really quite fantastic. For me, it is just that uh, ability to hear pitch. It's the clarity in the tone that they can get a beautiful ring in the sound. It's the ability to sing multiple types of colors. It's not just one thing all of the time. Um, and also great musicians. I think that they are some of the greatest musicians in the musical world are great choral singers. Well, let's hear more of this. We'll give Dr. Bradford a, a moment to get up on the podium. The two pieces we'll hear now, these will be uh, somewhat of a contrast from the Baroque pieces we've heard. The first one, the English translation, would be Roughly Song of Our Time, Cancione de Nuestro Tiempo. This is music by Finnish composer Aino Johanni Rautavare and text by Garcia Lorca, Spanish poet and theater director. Two interesting uh, a, a, a interesting juxtaposition of writers. And then the second piece in this series will be a piece called The Waterbird from an American composer born in 1931, Richard Hundley. And this was uh, an art song. This is what the, uh, Richard Hundley specializes in. But uh, Barlow Bradford has taken that solo art song and made a choral arrangement. So we'll hear those two pieces now. Das 
beautifully sung. We're listening to the Utah Chamber artist. We just heard a piece called The Waterbird from American composer Richard Hundley. Barlow Bradford did the choral arrangement, and I have to say those straight tones, those dissonances, that just feels like a musical watercolor to me. Before that, we heard Canciona de Nuestra Tiempe, the first movement. You're listening to Highway 89 live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio and Classical 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. I'm so excited to be here with such great music. And one of our guests with the Utah Chamber Artists is Becky Durham. Becky, you're the executive director of the Utah Chamber Artists. I understand this is a family tradition now. <laughs> we actually, I actually have two children singing in the choir. I used to sing, but uh, it's been about four or five years since I've decided I needed to stay behind the scenes and keep busy there. I've been with the group for almost its entire existence, which is about 20 years or so. What does it mean to you to be in a community choir? You know, um, I think it's it's an opportunity, first of all, to um, sing music that you love. But it's also a chance, you, you use the word community, and it's a chance to be with other people that share your joy. And it's interesting how um, such a wide range of people uh, from various uh, walks of life or even, you know, race or creed can come together. And because they find a common love for music, they're, they're friends. They're able to, to find things that they can talk about and enjoy together. But one of the traditions I've heard about, about this community of the Utah Chamber Artists, is your annual collage concert in the Cathedral of the Madeline. And I understand you use that great big space in a very interesting way. Will you tell me about this? Sure. Yeah, it's something that um, we've done for almost our entire existence. It was an idea of Barlow's to put together um, a group of pieces that were not necessarily uh, alike and we'd often have a jazz piece next to a renaissance piece and so what we do is we go usually into the cathedral of the madeline we call it our cathedral collage and it's not just an aural experience but it's a visual experience as well anyone who's been in a cathedral knows how beautiful they are yes so we want to make it a um an experience where the audience can come and look around and listen at the same time. And so we have a lighting designer that comes in and works with us. And probably the the, the most fun is the fact that we pop up in different places at the <laughs> cathedral. It's kind of like whack-a-mole. One minute we'll be here, <laughs> and then the next minute we'll be there. And we, we utilize soloists and small ensembles from our orchestra to kind of um, give us a chance as a choir. When I would sing, we'd all be in stocking feet. And we'd very quietly tiptoe around to get to the next position, whether it was up in the loft or in the aisles or behind the screen. Sometimes, and most of the time, we're having to walk outside and around. And if it's raining, it's raining. But the audience loves it because they never know. I, I want to see next. the poster that says, please come to our annual Whack-A-Mole Cathedral <laughs> concert. That's you know, I prizes think will be given. That's the... <laughs> we, may, we may have to try that, although it's really a popular concert. And some we usually do it two nights, and people will come back and hear it again. And there's, there's no applause. Everybody just sits and waits for the next surprise. Great. Well, this next piece we're going to hear, I should mention our soloist will be Cami Maurer. This is a piece called Dark Night of the Soul. Interesting two people, again, putting together both the music and the text. This is a Norwegian composer born 1978, Ola Yelo. But the text is from St. John of the Cross, a 16th century Spanish poet and Roman Catholic mystic. And if this gives you a little idea about what Dark Night of the Soul can mean, he wrote this from a prison cell.
Just gorgeous. We've heard Dark Night of the Soul, Norwegian composer Ola Yelo, with a text from St. John of the Cross on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio and Classical 89. The Utah Chamber artists are performing live here on Classical 89. And Melinda Kirigan Voss, we heard you earlier singing solo on Cancione. Thank you for taking just a minute to step out of the choir. You're and welcome. a lot of the music that we, that choral music throughout the centuries has been church music. It, was that how you got into choral music yourself? Kind of, in a matter of speaking. I started being a church musician at the age of 11, if you can believe that. <laughs> what did you do at that age? <laughs> well, it's an interesting story how that all came about, actually. It was three weeks before Easter time. And the accompanist decided to up and quit. And so they were in a panic because Easter, of course, is a huge season in the Catholic yes. Church. It's four days of just solid services and tons of music. They interviewed three people for the job, all of which turned it down because there's like, there's no way we can learn that much music in such a short period of time. My mother sang in the church choir, said, oh, my little girl can do it. I, and I wonder what the director <laughs> thought. Because every like, mother thinks... Are you thinks insane? <laughs> She's like, I've been studying piano and organ since the age of seven, and... Apparently, I guess for fun, was just playing through the church music that she had at home. And so I stepped in and did it. And have been doing it ever <laughs> and since. And have been doing it ever since. I progressed. I became the assistant music director a couple years later, became the full um, music director at the age of 21, I believe. And yeah, I've been doing it ever since. Well, you've worked here in Salt Lake. You've worked at the St. Cyril and Methodius Catholic Church in Chicago. In Chicago. And now you're back. And now St. I'm Vincent back. St. Vincent de Paul. Yes. Tell us what a cantor is. We, I picture uh, the, the worship leader in a synagogue when I hear cantor. Tell, tell me what you do in that position Well, that's there. pretty much what it is. A cantor is a song leader. Uh-huh. And so, yes, I stand up and I lead the music, um, whether it's leading the congregation in congregational pieces or if it's doing solos, singing uh, psalms chants, you know, various special pieces that are done throughout the Mass. That's part of what I do as well. How much of a commitment is it to be in a, a choir like this? In a choir like this? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a huge commitment in, you know, small chunks of time. It used to be when the group started 20 years ago, it was a major time commitment because it was every Thursday and Sunday for about nine or ten months of the year for three hours each rehearsal. Now the group has gotten to a point <laughs> where we can rehearse for about a month before each concert, again, Thursday, Sundays for three hours, and have really intensive rehearsals, but then do a concert and have one or two months off. And is that just from experience of working together or knowing the repertoire? I think working together, I mean, people have come and go through that throughout the years, but there's a lot of core people that have been here for the entire run, so I think we're all just so used to working together and we're just like a well-oiled machine now. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. Listen, I wonder if you would tell me, uh, as a soloist, mm -hmm. as a professional musician, what do you do differently in your moments of being a soloist from being a member of the ensemble? That's a skill, I think. It is a skill. I mean, obviously, being a soloist, it's a totally different style of singing. You're free with the vibrato and expression and to do whatever you want when you're singing in a choir. You have to tune in and listen to what's going on around you and not stick out. And you have to become unified with your section and the whole choir. So it's just a totally different style of singing. Melinda, thank you very much. Thank nice you so much. Nice to talk to you. We'll let you rejoin the choir. We have two more pieces. I'm so glad we get to hear these. This first one, uh, I'd like to just introduce with a few lines of text from uh, American, uh, from Irish writer and poet Oscar Wilde. There's a name that's not unfamiliar. It's Requiescat, and this will be both in Latin and in English. And I thought I would just mention, a, a read a few of the very beginning lines. This is a, a type of a remembrance or a requiem. Listen to this poetry. Tread lightly, she is near, under the snow. Speak gently, she can hear the daisies grow. And it continues uh, talking about uh, a departed loved one still near. Beautiful music. I'm looking forward to hear this. Uh, the, the musical setting is by Eric William Barnum, an American composer. And second, we'll hear a familiar traditional hymn tune, but perhaps lyrics you haven't heard to it before. For the music of creation, this traditional hymn arranged by our director today, Barlow Bradford. So once again, the Utah Chamber Artists.
the Utah Chamber Artists. We've heard them singing for the Music of Creation, arranged by Barlow Bradford and Requiem Scott, music of William Barnum, text for Oscar Wilde. That brings us, sadly enough, to the end of another edition of Highway 89. This hour featured the Utah Chamber Artists. Thank you, Barlow Bradford, for bringing this choir, and thank you for all you and the singers do to enhance the musical and the artistic life of our community. Thank you for having us. One final question I just have to ask. You began this. You were, you arrange for them. You direct them. This is really a dream come true. It is a dream come true. I'm just imagining your excitement at every rehearsal or every time you make an arrangement, knowing it's going to sound great. That is a luxury, I have to admit. <laughs> it actually has been a great training ground because I'll put it in front of them. If it doesn't sound good, I know it immediately, and it's my fault, not theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Barlow Bradford is the artistic director of the Utah Chamber Artists. Rebecca Durham, Becky Durham, is the executive director. And the choir's pianist for this performance is Jared Pierce. Thanks to each of you, all 40 singers here. You're so quietly huddled all around me. I'm, I'm so impressed. Cheek to jowl, or at least soprano to bass. The Utah Chamber Artist has received the Best in State Award, the Governor's Mansion Award, and has won Chorus America's Dale Warland Singers Commission Award. The Utah Chamber Artist Orchestra and Choir has recorded several CDs. Their first, Welcome All Wonders, a Christmas celebration, was, an awarded, was awarded an indie. The Utah Chamber Artists annually perform a free concert known as the Collage Concert at the Cathedral of the Madeline in Salt Lake City. More information about that 15th annual concert and other concerts is available at utahchamberartists.org. And you can follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Highway 89 takes you to any number of musical destinations. For more information about this show, simply email us at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting. The recording engineer is Mark Waite. The show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for joining us.